Welcome to the Longhorn live stream on Texas football. I'm with Jerry Hamilton of On3 Sports, national recruiting reporter, as well as uh, reporter uh, and recruiting analyst for InsideTexas.com. I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we hope to get through a bunch of questions. Uh, a lot of you guys have left questions on the message board. We're going to get to those. Uh, but out of the gate, we're going to go probably to the most pressing uh, topic uh, in Longhorn Nation right now, at least from a recruiting perspective, and that's Colton Vosick. Uh, Jerry, what's up with the uh, reigning defensive player of the game or player of the state championship from a year ago who has been committed to Oklahoma but visited Texas over the weekend? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the main thing is this was a second game this year he's been to at DKR, and I know he lives eight miles away, but still, you know, Brent Venables kind of, you know, he's had that no visit policy. Well, the Alabama game was, you know, okay, well, you know, dad played at Texas, family was there, but then for him to show up again the week after Texas uh, beat down Oklahoma 49-0 is telling um, in many ways, and I said on Inside Texas, I said after that, you know, Texas OU game, I said if Vosick shows up in Austin again, it's time it's time to get real about this recruitment. And I think that's where we're at. Um, you know, the communications continued. You don't take in another Texas game uh, unless you got things in your mind. That doesn't mean a flip is imminent, um, but it means that his recruitment is much more open than people thought it was. And look, he's been, remained in contact with Oregon. Tosh Lupoi is not going to go away. That's not the type of recruiter Tosh Lupoi is when he's targeted somebody. Uh, And I actually think that helps Texas that Tosh Lupoi is in there swinging away probably at Oklahoma. Uh, I think that helps Texas a little bit. Obviously, all the Texas commitments are uh, coming after uh, Colton Vosick as hard as they can. Peyton Kirkland mentioned that to me at Dr. Phillips Monday. Cedric Baxter mentioned that uh, to me today at Edgewater High. So they all have him circled right now. Um, you know, Vasek and DeAndre Moore were the two names that I heard from both of those guys, both the Sunshine State commitments today. So that seems to be the two guys the Texas commitments are targeting the most right now, uh, with Colton Vasek being number one. Even Cedric Baxter said, man, we need a guy to keep getting defensive linemen. Got to keep getting defensive linemen. He he said that twice during practice today. Yeah, I, I tell you what, that's obviously a priority, uh, and Texas fans want to hear about that. Uh, because that's absolutely what needs to happen. The Longhorns uh, having problems still getting to the quarterback. They've created some pass rush, but not necessarily enough to where they 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 are feared. I guess would be the right way to put it. Uh, and uh, Vasek is one of the best pass rushers in the state. Uh, clearly, um, hey Jerry. Uh, before we go any further, we need to thank uh, our sponsor, Energy Texas, sponsors of the Longhorn live stream here. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. Uh, when Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. All right, we're taking y'all's questions tonight, uh, so feel free on that. We're also going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, Jerry being down in Florida. He visited with uh, not only uh, Peyton Kirkland, uh, yesterday, but also Cedric Baxter, the nation's top running back, uh, earlier today. And he has an update on Baxter's uh, weekend visit to Florida State uh, for us. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, some other stuff going on as far as the Longhorns getting ready to take their 5-2 and two record on the road uh, to Oklahoma State. The Longhorns coming off a 24-21 win over Iowa State. Oklahoma State, though, trying to rebound from an overtime loss, a double overtime loss, uh, to uh, to uh, TCU on Saturday. Uh, Jerry, uh, before we go into more recruiting stuff and, and talk a little bit more team, uh, what do you what do you make of this whole the spread going from plus or minus one Texas up to six up to as high as six point five uh, in the Vegas line right now for the Longhorns uh, and uh, Oklahoma State? Well, I think it's obvious Spencer Sanders is beat up. Um, you know he. he yeah, he, he he has a shoulder issue, obviously non-throwing shoulder issue. Um, Texas fans know how that goes this year, right? Um, but, you know, he's obviously hurt. The center position is an issue for Oklahoma State. I believe they're on center number three, um, you know. And so I think both of those things, when you throw center and quarterback injuries, 
into the mix. I mean, if there's anything that'll stifle a good offensive football team, and I'm not saying Oklahoma State's as good as they have been, they don't have the personnel to be, but they're, they're always going to be good under Mike Gundy. But that's the two positions that will stifle an offensive football team is the guy who snaps it and the guy who catches it, and they're both kind of injured and not 100%, and they've got major injuries at the center position. So I think that's a direct reflection, uh, the line of, of the injury issues that Oklahoma State has at the quarterback position and center. Because while Coach Gundy's son has a little experience, that's a lot to put on him if he has to play uh, Saturday night. And I know it's going to be a raucous uh, or Saturday afternoon, raucous environment. America's best home, greatest homecoming, as Joe Cook called it today in a text, is <laughs> Saturday in Stillwater. But uh, yeah, that's that would be a lot to put on uh, Coach Gundy's uh, son's plate, especially with the center issues if he has to play. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I listened to Coach Gundy's press conference yesterday. Um, the offensive line this year, not as good as a year ago. Their defense also not as good as a year ago. They were really stingy a year ago, and just haven't been the same. Uh, I, I, you know, they they got some. They had some transfers. They had some guys leave, uh, particularly that those on the back end uh, that have given them some pause and whatnot. Um, but overall, uh, Mike Gundy is is a good coach, um, wow. and he's going to score some points. He's going to make it a tight game. And he's going to try to find any little thing he can do to, to, to win this ball game. Uh, he has shown he's more than up to the task uh, beating the, the Longhorns in a close game over the years. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, it's interesting. I made a post on Inside Texas today about all the guys from the state of Texas that went high in the draft or that were drafted. Um, and, and they don't have that level of talent. I mean, there was a run there where – you know, Brandon Pettigrew, Russell O'Kong, Des Bryant. I mean, three first-round picks, tight end, wide receiver, offensive lineman. They James don't have Washington. those. James yeah, there you go. James Washington. I mean, there was a number of guys. They don't have those level guys right now. Um, but like you said, Mike Gundy's one of the best coaches, I believe, in the country. I mean, I, you know, I think he's made the Oklahoma State job more consistently better than it actually is. Um, he's made it seem easier than it is, uh, especially considering – uh, who you go up against in recruiting. They've done a great job in evaluation. Um, and, you know, he's got an experienced quarterback if he can keep him on the field. Uh, now Spencer Sanders, for an experienced quarterback, does make maybe more freshman, sophomore mistakes than you'd ideally like for a quarterback that's uh, been pretty much a four-year starter for the Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, he's going to he, – he's just – if he's not the best coach in the league, it doesn't take long to call – you know, to pull his number, right? I mean, he's one or two in this league. Uh, for what he's done at Oklahoma State, so it's going to be a competitive game. Look, I think it's a, I think it's really good time. I haven't decided who I'm going to pick yet. I think it's really good timing for Texas, though, it, because they came off a game where they didn't play up to the expectation level, and you win a game where you didn't play well. So it's a great coaching week for Sarkeesian and the staff. The kids know they have to play better, and they know they're going on the road to face the toughest road game they've had to date. And they lost the last time they were on the road. And it left a sour taste in their mouth how that game ended. Another blown lead, Bijan's fumble in overtime, not playing well defensively, not getting Tech off the field. So there's some great coaching points combined with motivation this week for Texas. Um, and I think last week was great for Quinn because he was tested against a tremendous defensive coordinator, but he still didn't have a turnover. So there's a lot of positives for Texas going into this game this week. And I'll say this. I talked to somebody very, very close to TCU. And going into that game, they thought they could attack the back end of the Oklahoma State defense. And they questioned if the off offensive line for Oklahoma State was as physical as it had been in the past. And I think both of those things were probably true. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, hey, uh, Jerry, you talk about Gundy. Uh, he had his total records 154 and 70. Wow. Um, so that, that's a, you know, two for one at Oklahoma state. That's a, that's at least an average of a nine and four season almost over I his mean, close 17 to years the, at, at uh, Oklahoma state. Bobby, he's been a couple of minutes away from getting in the playoff twice yep. at Oklahoma state. I mean, you know, and it's funny, I think he's probably, it's he may be the most overlooked coach in the country with the blue blood jobs. I'm I'm still surprised that he has not been hired somewhere. You know, obviously he turned down Tennessee, he's turned down Arkansas, but I'm talking even the Texas level. 
Um, maybe the notch below at the A&M level. I mean, if Auburn has an opening this year as expected, how how can you not look at Mike Gundy? I think it's he's past that point. He's going to coach his kid probably and stay at Stillwater. But it's just always shocked me that he never got the real interest or that was on the rumor mill like so many other guys were, and he had more success. Yep. 11-5 and five record in bowl games, Jerry. Been to 16 bowls as a head coach at Oklahoma State. Uh, that's that's pretty strong. Um, moving on here, real quick question from uh, Mont Schnell. What is the game time weather forecast in Stillwater? Uh, 82 degrees, it looks like, uh, partly uh-huh. cloudy. So it's not going to be super hot. I'm more concerned about the wind, uh, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, for those that don't know, T Boone Pickens Stadium is the only stadium in the country that goes east west. Every, every other outdoor stadium in the country goes north south. Um, and so that means that the wind is really with you on the Oklahoma Plains is what it hey, means or really against you. <laughs> if you're a visiting team, can you bring your own pads to put up against the, the wall that's four feet away? Or is that illegal? Will they not let you do that? Could, like, could you bring Longhorn padding and put it all the way down one side of the field? I That that place is not a safe place to play, in no. my opinion. Like uh, CC, it's like Clear Creek ISD Stadium. I mean, yeah. you're like, whoa, we're awfully close here, except that's a concrete wall. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they, with all the heavy equipment teams bring on the sidelines, at least, you know, they're not going to be those coolers on the sidelines right. uh, in, in a game time where it's 82 degrees. But, uh, gee, it's it's uh, it's one of those things uh, should be OK, though. Should be nice weather in, in Oklahoma. I, I don't have the wind report. If somebody wants to uh, text that to us or put it up on the, the chat thread, please do. Uh, question for you, Jerry. Any news on Ashton Porter, who decommitted from Northwestern? Jordan Hall, uh, Porter, the in-state uh, defensive lineman uh, that was committed to Northwestern. Jordan Hall, uh, a uh, defensive lineman out of Jacksonville, Florida. And Tosili Akana, a big linebacker edge prospect out of uh, Utah. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Yeah, nothing on Porter with Texas. I, I think that ship has sailed, barring a, a major change. Um, I just don't see that one really happen. I think look more towards Baylor on that for right now. We'll see what happens. Jordan Hall, um, look, Texas offering Texas offering JUCO defensive lineman Derek Hunter and really looking in the JUCO level um, is a pretty telling sign of where Texas may be headed. Uh, in the 2023 class, I think they they feel a need to get an impact player that can play snaps in a bigger body that's ready to play, that has some experience. Um, that doesn't mean they wouldn't offer another high school kid or continue to stay in contact with Jordan Hall. But that offer was significant because that's a change in the recruiting philosophy at that position in the 2023 class. Um, and that's a late change. So that's kind of telling that. You know, Texas fully expects Ojimo to be out along with Sweat and obviously Coburn. Um, and they need some experience in a bigger body in there. So I'd really keep watching the JUCO level defensive tackle. And that doesn't mean they can't find a senior who's a really explosive, powerful guy and offer him. Maybe that's similar to Byron Murphy. We'll see. Um, because there's always a place for a guy like that. But I think they want some bigger bodies with experience outside of that in this class. I mean, obviously, Cedar Mitchell's an early enrollee, Dylan Spencer. But Dylan Spencer has a long way to go physically. Um, but Cedar Mitchell's an early enrollee in that big body who can come in and, and help you immediately. Um, to Celia Connor, look, Texas is in on that. The question is, is I, I just don't see Texas taking two high school edge prospects, two more. I think they would take one and look in the portal. I, I, that's just where I think things are at. I think if you if you followed inside Texas, kind of what we've been talking about on defensive recruiting, um, save defensive line, uh, edge, linebacker, safety, maybe even corner, you could see the portal be in play there for Texas, and I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, they got to find somebody to get after the passer next year. No question. Uh, they, they can't wait. Um, and uh, I, I tell you what, the interior defensive line needs some adult help too. That's why I I I, uh, I can see why 
uh, for certain players, they would look in the junior college ranks to help shore that up. You're losing your top three guys yeah. uh, on that interior, except for maybe, maybe three of your top four, if you include Byron Murphy in that group, which you should. And, and, um, and because Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton, they're more of disruptive guys. Alfred Collins is not close to his ceiling, so I'm, I'm I'm not giving up on him getting there his last year. But right now, they're more disruptive guys, but they're not really anchor big bodies against the run. And Texas has to address that. Collins, so had, Collins made a there. great play on Saturday, by the way. To, he, his play for that three-yard loss down near the goal line, the very next play was the Hunter Deckers interception. Yep. So he he forced that into a third and third and six, basically, where uh, Deckers uh, uh, tossed the interception and did not give uh, ISU really a two-way go. It, so the, Texas was sitting on the pass there. Uh, big play uh, that's kind of hidden behind the, 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 the bigger picture sometimes. Hey, um, uh, talking a little bit more about recruiting, Jerry, um, any, you know, we mentioned Colton Vosick at, at Westlake. One of the guys on uh, Inside Texas wants to know about Jaden Greathouse uh, and whether or not he's still being recruited by Texas. Uh, I, I know we've, we've talked about DeAndre Moore, the wide receiver out of California. Where is Texas at in wide receiver recruiting? Somebody asked if Jalen Hale is still being recruited, uh, et cetera. So give folks a, a, a picture of what's going on at receiver recruiting and include the commitments, Jonte Cook and Ryan Niblett. Uh, yeah, so first off, Ryan Niblett is a ball-in-hand uh, receiver, uh, more of a catch-and-run guy that has a lot of explosiveness. So they have that in the class. Jonte Cook, a tremendous route runner, has worked with margin hooks for a while, uh, can really get in and out of cuts, great double-move wide receiver, had a massive game Friday night and a win. Still has to continue to get more consistent with his hands, but I don't think it's hands. I think it's concentration. We've talked about this on Inside Texas for over a year now. It's not a hands issue. It's a concentration issue at times. Um, but then after that, you know, DeAndre Moore is a guy who, you know, we're expecting a visit in November. Uh, Sarkeesian wants to have a footprint in Southern California, uh, and they're really been going hard after the Louisville commitment who visits Georgia. November 5th, then he'll be at Texas. We we think Texas is trying to get him in on the 12th, but that hasn't been confirmed uh, yet through more. Um, and it may still be kind of depending on the playoff schedule and what's going on out in SoCal. Um, but I, he's a guy that, I mean, I'll be surprised if he ends up at Louisville, but that's, again, up to Georgia and, and Texas. Uh, but that's a guy Texas has really been going after. Jalen Hale, I'm not I, – I just don't think that's happening. I, I don't think Texas is putting in a ton of effort there. Right now, Jaden Greathouse – we should know something on that in the next 48 hours, I would say, if Texas is is, is quietly making a move there. I think we'll uh, know that by, you know, uh, Thursday, uh, more than likely, um, where they're going with that one. You know, then Kyle Parker is a guy who Brennan Marion's always liked and who's probably out there on, on the peripheral. Um, Kyle Harrison, pilot on the peripheral. So Texas is taking a look at that. But again, I don't think you're going to see two high school wide receivers added to a class that already has two guys. I think you'll see one, and then I think you'll see Texas go to the portal. I think that's the offensive position, position Texas goes to the portal for help. All right, I want to get this question answered. Uh, he was one of the first ones to ask it, actually. Uh, Jerry, I think you mentioned the wind affecting Ewers. Do you or Bobby think possibly a flick pass, pass is more susceptible to wind than one pass with a normal arm motion? What do you think? Um, you know, maybe, I mean, I, I think the deep ball though is, is always going to be susceptible in the wind, especially a swirling wind. I mean, you know, as a guy who plays golf, I mean, sometimes you can, you can, you can make a really good swing and the ball flight changes on you. Um, so I, I think one of the, the one pass to Casey Kane that everybody references with Quinn, I think maybe that's just, you know, that's a swirling gust of wind in, in a way. I mean, Quinn doesn't miss deep balls that badly. Right. I mean, if he has time to step into a throw, you don't see him miss deep balls that badly. So I definitely think the wind affected him um, uh, in, in the game. I think it affected both quarterbacks in the game, quite frankly. Uh, but I think obviously Quinn's under the microscope and it definitely affected his vertical passing game Saturday. Yeah. Well, I don't know what your thoughts are, Bobby. Well, well I, I think that I think that a flick, I don't think it matters, um, it, you know, because he's not going to flick it 40 yards to your point. Right. He's right. Got step into it. Yeah, it's not going to matter on the cr small short crossing routes on the on the screen passes like that. I, 
I'm thinking of a couple. It, it's not even going to do it on say say that pa- the pass to Xavier Worthy for the touchdown, uh, the go ahead score in the fourth quarter. That's not really a flick. That's a throw, right? Um, Quinn does like to – I feel like it's fine. I I don't feel like it's going to be a big deal. He is going to have to drive the ball if there's wind going one way or the other. That's – that is – that – that the fact that he can't rely on that may be more of an issue than the actual – Flicking the ball itself. If that makes sense, guys. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna go to the flips on the on this. In a windy environment, I'd much rather have Quinn's arm talent than 99 of the quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I agree because he can drive it or he can, he can do either or. Right. That's right. Um, he can take something off of it. I mean, you he he is uh, he does have that ability that's that's rare. I think uh, across that. Um, Jerry, um, we're seven games into this season. Uh, any major surprises for you right now at Texas? I think just how good Jatavion Sanders has been is a, still a surprise for me. I thought he'd be a really good player. Um, I didn't think we'd be talking about him as a first, second round type of pick, honestly. Um, not, I just, this not, not this early. Not this early. Not this early. Not seven games into it. Um, I'm surprised, I guess, that um, maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm surprised that it's really pretty much two wide receivers in Sanders and the backs in the passing game. We haven't seen a third receiver emerge. I mean, if there was ever going to be a third receiver emerge after the injury to Isaiah Naor, Casey Kane would have been Saturday. There were opportunities, whether it was Quinn missing a throw, Kane falling, you know, getting knocked off his route, not running through it, Kane's drop. I mean, Casey Kane had more opportunities in that game than any other receiver has outside the top two at Texas in the game this year. Um, so the question is, really for me, is um, I still think we're going to see Brennan Thompson make two or three plays as the season moves along. Um, and since Casey Kane maybe had some opportunities and he didn't, maybe some other guys are going to start to have opportunities. Um, so I think that surprises me that a, a number three wide receiver really hadn't become a factor. Um, and I, I guess maybe the other thing that surprises me a little bit um, is – you know, Overshone had the huge game against ULM, but it's really been Jalen Ford's been the guy. I mean, Overshone makes his share of plays, but he hasn't been the factor as a pass rusher. Not at all. As the playmaker that he was supposed to be with the role change. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like he's, you know, he, they're having problems in covering underneath. They just, they just are. Um, and whether that's by scheme or design or by, uh, you know, play, I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you know, for me, I think my major surprise at this point is just how, and I and I t- we talked about it all off season, is just how potent this offense can be. I, you know, you could say you have a first round talent at running back, and say you have a first round talent at quarterback and wide receiver with worthy and, but they're really talented. Yeah. Um, they, they are. And you, and you made the, the discussion. Uh, we should, we, we should mention this now. Kelvin banks, basically now is about the time every major publication puts out its mid season, all American and all freshman teams. I haven't seen a mid season freshman, all American team that doesn't have Kelvin banks on. It. Right. And if, if, if they don't have him on it, it should be immediately discounted and thrown in the trash, right? I mean, I, that's pretty good. Know, for, that's pretty good for some pe- for a guy that some people thought was going to play guard in college. So, yes, you know. that's true. <laughs> some people, okay. think, yeah, just all American left tackle and future first round there for for the people that thought he was going to play guard. Not yeah. the but but my point my point to that is more this, Jerry. Um, it's more about uh, how does Texas? You you add him to your point about firepower and and what I was talking about here Sanders is ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. so we thought that might be happening this offseason based on his spring Kelvin Banks is clearly ahead of schedule yeah so you add those to the two to the mix and all of a sudden the offense looks even more powerful um and so I think if I have any one major takeaway right now it's it's Texas is dealing yeah they're young on the offensive line and yes, they're young at quarterback. I mean, he's a freshman, uh, but there they got some dudes 
they got some dudes on, on offense. You know, and headed into the season, Bobby, we knew Roshan would bring physical toughness because of the leader he is. We knew if Jordan Whittington could stay healthy, he'd bring physical toughness to that position. But now you add in Kelvin Banks' physical toughness, and you're starting to see more of those pieces become physical football players that are making plays. And Texas has been lacking that for a decade. Uh, in, in the improvement of Christian Jones. Yeah. Uh, year over year. Moving him back to right tackle, and he's blossomed. Uh, yeah. He really has. I mean, uh, Eric Nalin, publisher of InsideTexas.com, was, was talking about the other day. I mean, he's, he's all of a sudden a draft guy. Right. Jerry, because he's yeah. always had the physical toolkit. Right. Right. He just hadn't had the physical production. And now he's starting to have the production just in time. Um, and so it looks a lot different, in, in my opinion. Um, but but we talk about this, and I think that, that uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint, they've sputtered here and there. There's no doubt. They're not perfect. They've got, a, like I said, they've got a freshman quarterback. Uh, but they're getting better. I'd, I'd also say, I will say this, uh, B. John Robinson's becoming a little bit more of a, a, a uh, complete back. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always known he could catch the ball. They're using him more downfield catching the ball this year. It's not just the flare route. It's not just the dump screen. You, you know what I mean? They're getting well, out there. And, and he's, he's Cedric Baxter mentioned that today, by the way, but keep going, Bobby. Cedric Baxter actually mentioned that today. Oh, really? What did said ba- So let's talk about said Baxter. Well, That's a good segue. What did Cedric Baxter have to say to you, the, the number one running back in the country out of Orlando? Yeah, out of Edgewater first, he's he's got a little bit of a right hamstring issue. He could play this Friday, but they're not going to play him. Uh, he probably won't even play the season finale, regular season finale. He'll save him for the playoffs. They're eight, no, they're rolling. Um, uh, by the way, he's a great leader too. He shows some Roshan Johnson leadership. I mean, even today when he was out, he's in the huddle every play. He's engaged every play. The number one running back in the country that has a minor injury, that doesn't – really happen a lot in my years in the business. So center backs are showing some great leadership ability. What he said today, I said, what's impressed you about the Texas running game this year was my question. And his answer was, well, it's just not the running game, Jerry. It's it's the way they're using the running backs as all around backs. And he he knew the stats. Bijan rushed for 138 yards. But he said he almost also had 40 yards receiving against Iowa State, and he's making plays down the field. He's getting to show the entire skill set. And we talked about that before I actually asked him about it. We were talking about that watching Edgewater practice. And I said, "Did you you know what do you think of the game? Because obviously he went to the Florida State game too. But he caught some of the Texas game. He said, man, he said, look, everything that Texas has told me they were going to do with the running backs has remained true all season. He said, so everything that Coach Choice and Coach Sark told me has happened with Bijan Roshan. He said, even when Jonathan Brooks comes in with Keelan Robinson, he said, guys are getting a chance to be complete players at the running back position. And that's very uh, exciting to Cedric Baxter, who wants to be more than just a guy who carries it 25 times. What did he have to say about uh, the visit to Florida State? Is he, is he, is he looking around still? Is he uh, still committed to Texas? What, what, what did yeah, you get the sense? I, I, think he's, he I, think he's, I think he's locked in the Texas look. I mean, it, he, he grew up an FSU fan. Um, he committed to FSU way back, and he'd never even been to a game there. He just grew up an FSU fan. I don't think Cedric Baxter is going to sign with Florida State. Now, tell me, y'all can come back to me and tell me I'm wrong if if something happens December 21st. I just don't think that's going to happen. He went to Florida this year when they played Utah. He's been to a UCF game. I won't. It won't shock me if he doesn't show up at a Miami game this year. I mean, he's a kid in the state of Florida. Everybody's still recruiting him. Um, but he said today, and we'll have the uh, the story up and early uh, Wednesday morning on Inside Texas. He said, Texas, I asked him, I said, what's your message to Texas fans? He said, I'm not flipping. Don't worry about it. I went to FSU as a fan of college football. He said, I only get to do this once. Yeah. I, I think as long, I, by the way, I think as long as the short choice is locked in at Texas, Cedric Baxter's locked in at Texas. Hey, Jerry, um, I, I, I know you're down there in Orlando. They just got hit by a big hurricane. Those, uh, he and Peyton Kirkland make it out okay? Yeah, they did. You know, I talked to Peyton Kirkland uh, Monday and asked if everything was all right. And he said, yeah, everything was okay for me. He said, but said, uh, you know, it was bad over where they were and said ended up 
uh, Baxter ended up staying with the Kirklands for about a week. And, and I talked to said today and he said, everything's good, man. Everything's good. We, he said, we kind of got lucky. We were just kind of on the, on the move for three or four days. He said, but it was just, he said, it was really crazy. Senator Baxter said it was really just a couple of streets and one of them where he was on, uh, obviously Kissimmee got it really bad, um, as far as the rain goes. But so, uh, Peyton Kirkland, uh, you know, they opened up the, the house to said Baxter for a few days until they got back in their house. So that was, you know, Peyton Kirkland's a really good guy. I mean, and, and he has got a, uh, you know, you say this about an offensive lineman, it, it freaks people like that. That kid's got a heart of gold, man. I mean, he really does. With the more you get to know him, um, he, he's a guy who uh, Texas fans are going to like Peyton Kirkland. Now, he's got to go turn it on and be really physical on Saturdays. Um, but that's I, he, he's, he's, a, he's a really good guy, man. He's going to represent the university really well. How, how big is he uh, these days? I, we know Kyle Flood likes him big. He, Peyton told me he's lost 20 pounds since I was there in August. Um, so he was around 360. Now he's in the 340 range. Uh, and he's 6'5 and a half. He's all of it. You know, there's 355 is what he was at the Under Armour camp in Miami. That was February or March um, this year. I was at that camp. So he said he's, you know, he was up, got up to 360 and he's had his right around 335, 340 right now. That is just crazy to me. Those are, those are just. And, and he's played right tackle. Guy playing right tackle and right guard. Dr. Phillips is a really young team, not as good offensively as they have been in some past years. They moved them in the guard to try to help get the run game going a little bit, but he's playing right tackle and guard. I see him being a guard on the next level, uh, maybe left guard, similar to Malik Ogbo. Transition Ogbo's made from tackle to guard. All right, let's talk a little bit about injuries uh, real quick uh, for uh, uh, the Longhorns. Ryan Watts went out uh, on Saturday uh, with a stinger. Uh, they were concerned that it might be more structural. Uh, they had uh, si uh, x-rays on the sideline. It was not. Watts returned to practice on Monday, according to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, other injuries, I'm not sure there are any other uh, that are of note right now uh, that haven't already been uh, detailed, right? I mean, is there anybody you think of? Texas is fairly healthy right now, right? I mean, yeah, I, and they are early Hayden, season. Hayden Connor came back in, I believe, in the yeah. game. So I, I think, hey, Considering where some teams are, the Texas is in a pretty good spot right now. Game eight. Yep. Game eight, and they've really only lost one starter from the preseason, and that's Naor. I mean, look, uh, other than, you know. Everybody knock on wood, by the way, right uh, now. <laughs> uh, other than Hayden, Hayden Connor going out, that's that's one of the most exciting things about Texas this year is the offensive line continuity the whole season, right? Carrot got hurt before the season. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Angelau got hurt before the season. Uh, but so same five, same five starters, all seven games. That's a rarity in college football. That didn't happen. And then you flip side to defensive line. Other than Alfred Collins, Texas has been a very healthy on the defensive front this year too. So when you're both your offensive and defensive fronts are, are healthy, uh, the continuity on the offensive line, they're building with a young group. Then the defensive line rotation, uh, they don't have to mess with that a lot due to injury. That's when some good things can happen. Yeah, I, I feel like they – I forgot about Junior Angelo, uh, because partially because Cole Hudson has filled in so well. Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't make – it's not this eyesore where you're worried. Oh, you're constantly getting beat up the middle because Cole Hudson's in it. Uh, he's played really well for a true freshman himself as well. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like the Texas, you're right, has been fairly healthy. They were not healthy in the secondary on Saturday, and that's what caused the entire rotations uh, that ended up being so crazy. Uh, switch, playing two true freshman corners at uh, different times, Austin Jordan and then Terrence Brooks, before finally uh, settling on Jade Barron late in the game, moving him from the, the nickel or star roll uh, over to corner and inserting Jalen Gilbo uh, at the nickel. Um, uh, Jerry, another recruiting question here uh, that I want to get to. Uh, Jatavian Sanders okay. and his play, how is that helping or hurting? And where is Texas at with the big tight end from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Deuce Robinson, uh, who I think is uh, now scheduled an official visit to Texas for November 12th. November 12th. And uh, just for the uh, Texas fans out there, Bobby Burton just wants to see him return a punt in person one day. Did you see that? Yeah. I sent you the note today. Um, so <laughs> how big is – Deuce is 6'6", about 230, legitimate. Yeah. Okay. Well, his highlight tape, his midseason senior highlight tape is out. Yeah. So I watched it today. 
He he takes back kicks at six six. I don't have you ever seen a guy six six return kicks? You when you said that the only guy I can think of was Travian Smith from Tatum at OU, but that was kickoffs, but not punts. But That's he's a six four. Game. He's six four. Travian. Right, yeah, he's six four. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Deuce, as far as the re recruitment goes, USC was a big leader headed into the season. Georgia's closed the gap and I give Bobby credit on this. He said, well, they're running reverses with their tight end. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, especially for a tight end that wants to ret it's returning punts in high school, right? So Brock Bowers is, is the best tight end in the country, and Georgia is showcasing him in that manner. And obviously that helps when you're recruiting Deuce Robinson. I think Texas, uh, what's going on offensively, Jatavion Sanders, Quinn Ewers, um, you know, I, I think that has been very helpful uh, and the Deuce Robinson recruitment and look, Arch is working that as well. So that that's one where you have Jatavion Sanders, the production of the tight end position uh, for Texas. Then you have a really good young quarterback in Quinn Ewers and the number one quarterback in the country. Both are going to be on the Texas roster next year. So I think there's some things in in Texas favor to to close that gap when he officially visits November 12th for the TCU game. Is it still an uphill battle? I tend to believe it is, but look, USC's not showcasing tight end this year. Um, so we'll see what happens. Georgia and Texas, obviously, are the two schools that are really showcasing tight ends. I think Alabama's on the peripher periphery, and I think Oregon will get an official visit, but I, I don't really see them as a threat today. I think it's USC versus Georgia and, and then Texas third. Yeah, I think it's impressive uh, that Texas is in it right now. And they just got to keep plugging away and see what happens, right? Yeah, I think no, that's going to be the the issue. Uh, and, and, I, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Justin Wells would throw it out really quickly, baseball with Deuce Robinson. He's a legitimate baseball prospect. He's a guy who's good enough to wear the uniform at Texas or any other major university. So obviously that's going to be part of the recruiting pitch has been. And when he's on his official visit, don't be surprised if you don't see some photos of him in a Texas baseball outfit. Got it. All right. Um, Jerry, uh, you mentioned Arch Manning uh, and his recruitment. Somebody on uh, Inside Texas asked the question, uh, you know, asked the question whether or not uh, he, he thought that Texas would get more bang out of the Arch Manning commitment. Could they have gotten any more bang out of it? I mean, I, I feel like they got a pretty pretty good boost. Personally. Well, I, I, the, the one bang out of that commitment I remember is we did nine videos one day. <laughs> On their big visit weekend that day. There's a lot of commitments that week. Yeah. Bobby threw up his hand and said, tell the guys we're done. Nobody else commit. We've done enough here today. Um, but I think, look, here's the reality, though. It's not just high school recruiting. I mean, so you can have Arch Manning, but you're not going to go sign four high school wide receivers. Uh, Texas will probably sign three high school wide receivers and save room for somebody really good in the portal or two guys in the portal, just depending on what happens. So the days of of some of this recruiting, just at the high school level and the momentum and everything, those days are kind of gone uh, because of the, the change with the portal and recruiting. Um, and look, if you're University of Texas, yeah, could you take four high school wide receivers this year and uh, and let Arch be the, the Pied Piper for all those guys? Sure. Um, but here's the reality. Texas has a chance to be really, really good next year. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. And there's going to be some big names jumping the portal at wide receiver. And Texas would be absolutely crazy if they don't try to get one of those guys. Absolutely crazy. Because if you think about Worthy coming back, you're, probably, you're going to lose Whittington. Tavion Sanders coming back. Nayor's going to come back, but you still got to see how he is. He's still on an ACL, right? And he's a bigger receiver. So those guys tend to tends to take to take them a little bit longer when they're getting in and out of those cuts. But Texas will be absolutely nuts if they don't look in the portal at wide receiver because I think there's going to be some a couple of three big names. Yeah, I, I, there will there will definitely be big big names. Um, I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors uh, here at Inside Texas and on Texas Football Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider. 
you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas. We're proud to be from the great, greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. That's Energy Texas at www.energytexas.com. Um, Jerry, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about recruiting right now, and it's we're starting to see names of guys trickle into the portal. Um, because because the NCAA uh, said that you couldn't you could put your name in the portal, it just couldn't be publicized except for a certain m- amount of time. Uh, now what we're seeing is players that are going into the portal are making sure people know that they're going into the portal. Right. Um, and so they can get a head start on on that sort of stuff. Um, we also know that there are already coaching changes afoot. Nebraska, Wisconsin. Arizona State, Georgia Tech, um, Colorado, probably some guys in there that that Texas or anybody can use. Um, not necessarily uh, going to you know take away a first round draft pick, but Texas has needs that that fill it fill it out as well. What do you think of uh, the portal recruiting and and the fact that you know right now, unless a player tells the media that they're going into the portal? That player is not necessarily get not necessarily going to get recruited until December, right? Um, and so, how do you see that fitting into the plans of a Texas or whoever that's trying to grab players or wants to grab some players from the portal uh, to uh, bolster the roster? Yeah, I think uh, the signing class, the high school signing class, keeps shrinking in my mind. Um, Texas is just too close to being really, really good, and so they're going to be hot and heavy in the portal, especially on the defensive side of the ball. While Texas looks like a more cohesive defensive unit, there's needs there. And there's needs that a high school freshman cannot provide, even an early enrollee, to the level that Texas – I mean, because you know the Texas staff is looking at this saying, you know what, if we get three or four other pieces here, we we may be able to make one of those crazy playoff runs next year. I mean, we feel like we have one of the best quarterbacks in the country that's going to be a first-round type pick. We're going to offensive line is getting more physical next year. They're going to be more experienced. Yes. You use two really lose two really good running backs. Jonathan Brooks looks like a guy that may play on Sundays and you have set it backs or another others coming in. So there's just too much in front of Texas right now um, for them not to be extremely active in the portal. And that goes to wide receiver. If you can add another guy to the mix. So I, I think the Texas staff uh, and I'm not saying the, on the field coaching staff, the recruiting staff, the scouting staff as being very active scouting player. You know, look, when when the, when somebody's fired, you Bobby, you and I both know they're reviewing those tapes the next day or the same day, seeing if there's a linebacker, a safety, an edge player that could fit the needs and fits the profile. So I, I think the toughest thing, I think the portal change is really good, by the way. But I think the toughest thing is really learning and knowing enough about those guys to make sure they're the right fit as well. Because when you are, if you have a solid locker room, if you're building the culture as, as the, as the, the word is nowadays, right? Um, some people think culture is overrated. I'm not sure if I do. Um, maybe there's another term for it, but you don't really want to mess with that either. I mean, you, you if things are going well and there's a lot of positivity and, and you're turning the corner, you got to make sure you make the right calls out of the portal. And maybe it's not the A player. Maybe it's the B-plus player that's a better fit. And I think that's the toughest thing about the shorter portal window is you don't have as much time to make those decisions. Yeah, I, I feel like you're um, – I, f- I feel like you and I are on the same page in that there's a place for it, right? You don't want it to be wholesale, right? No. It's like it's – like, um, it's almost like – the former junior college recruiting that when junior colleges were so much more talented than they are today, not that there's still not talent in the junior college ranks, but it just used to be so littered. The Kansas right. junior college, Mississippi junior college, even the California ones were just that tons of talent. Um, that's dissipated quite a bit uh, in recent years, but it's almost like Kansas state went wholesale junior college, right? Well, other teams went and got three or four or two mm-hmm. or three. Some some didn't get any at all, including Mac Brown. He, he rarely went went that direction, which I think ultimately he, he ended up going back on that uh, later in his career because he realized that that it was a I mean guy Jeff Swain catching touchdown passes to this day in the NFL right now the tight end 
uh, out of Butte College that played at Texas. Um, but the, the point being is that I think that um, coaches that are hard-headed about the portal, like Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, they're not doing the best by their team and their program. Agree. Um, uh, and I, and you know, far be it for me to tell a guy that makes ten million dollars a year how to how to do something better and has won two national championships. So I'm not. I, I just feel like that would be like a baseball GM saying, ah, "I don't like free agency. I need to home grow every right. single talent." Right. Well, if you do that, then you don't have Justin Verlander. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- there's a there's a there's a even level there of of uh, a happy median. I guess, uh, of what you can do and what you can't do uh, in the portal. Uh, Jerry, I want to get to a couple more uh, recruiting questions, if you don't mind. Um, This this one, I think, we don't know the answer to this. Um, Would UT take Akana if Vasek flipped? I don't, I mean, I think they would love to be in that position, is what I think, (laughs) to be talking about that. So, uh, what do you think? I I lean the no, um, not with hundred percent concrete knowledge. Um, but I lean to no uh because I think there's gonna be guys in the portal that are gonna pop up that are gonna be ready, ready made. I mean, it, it can be an impact guy. Um, and that's really the way I look at it. I just don't think you're gonna see Texas take two high school edge players, uh and, and two more in this class. Um, I'm just not seeing that. I, I think I think the portal just continues to change, especially with teams that are close. If you feel like you're close, you're going to go all out in the portal. The right, year next, before the year. next one for you. How are we feeling about Malik Muhammad, the cornerback out of South Oak Cliff that's committed to Texas, but has considered taking other visits? Yeah, he's going to be at A&M the last weekend in October. Um, I think he's going to Bama this weekend. Um, but uh, look, I, I he think rescheduled that visit from. Uh, it may be it may be in December. I, I need to check in on that tomorrow. Um, but um, it's gone back and forth. Um but I, I know Alabama at one point was trying to get him on campus twice. Um, but I, I think, look, this this past weekend, I think everything that Malik Muhammad, all the reasons he picked Texas were there um, this weekend. I know talking to some other commitments, they feel like, you know, they feel pretty good about where M- Malik is at with Texas. Obviously, that doesn't matter 100%. But, you know, look, I was at South Oak Cliff, I think, two, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, all the reasons he picked Texas are still intact. Nothing's really changed there. He 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 kind of he kind of profiles to Texas. I know Eric Nolene uses that term a lot, but I, I tend I tend to agree with him. Um, there's certain kids you get to know, um, especially years of experience in this business that you know or you know they profile the Texas, the University of Texas, City of Austin, all those things. And I think Malik Muhammad does, and I think he sees opportunity as well. Um, at the cornerback position. So I think all those things are still on the table. I think his family had a great unofficial visit after a great official visit in June. Um, I don't think A&M is, a, is the team to worry about. I think it's Alabama. Um, but look, I don't think Alabama's done losing, Bobby. I, I'm sure you agree. I just don't think they're done losing because they could have lost three games this year already. Okay. I, they're two, I mean, 17 penalties Saturday, 15 against Texas. This is not a team that's done losing. Uh, they're not trending like a normal Nick Saban team. So um, if Texas can ha- can keep handling business, win one of these next two games on the road, get to that eight win mark, maybe nine if you get lucky, but, you know, continue to uh, show the trajectory uh, that I think we believe Texas is on, but now they got to go do it on the road in the meaningful game. I-, I think I think Texas will end up signing Muhammad. Got it. All right. Next one. Uh, has your ship sailed on Javian Toviano? Oh gosh, no, no. Uh, te- Texas is Texas is recruiting him just as hard as they ever have. Um, look, there's some people close to the Martin program that, off the record, are predicting that Texas is going to be very much in this at the end. We'll see. Um, he's such a wild card. Look, I mean, if anybody's asking me to handicap this race, I'm not sure Javian could handicap his own race right now. Okay, maybe he could. Um, but, uh, you know, LSU's in it. But he, here's the great thing for Texas right now. It, it, and we talked about this uh, on one of the mo- more recent shows. I mean, you know, LSU had a nice win over Florida. Brian Kelly, I think, is a tremendous football coach. No matter if he's a fit in Baton Rouge or not, ideally, that guy's a really good coach. Um, you know, A&M's struggles, right? Um, Oklahoma's struggles. You know, so Texas is a team that's actually trending better 
than some of those. Now Brian Kelly gets a year one pass, and he's still five and two. Um, and I think LSU is a factor in it. I mean, obviously, Oregon visit could happen. Michigan's in it. I've never thought he was going far from home. So I, I at the end of the day, I still think this is an LSU, Texas, Texas A&M deal. And we'll see if a couple of people close to that Martin program are correct. They think Texas is going to be very much in it at the end. I do think Toviano will sign in December. I think you'll know where he's visiting when the peg hits, when he sends out a tweet with a peg at the city he's in. I think that's kind of where this recruitment's at. <laughs> I got you. Hey, uh, going back to something we started off the show with, and that's uh, Oklahoma State and this game this weekend. Uh, we talked about how good we think Mike Gundy is, uh, et cetera. Um, people are asking, uh, again, if Sanders is hurt or are they keeping quiet about it? Um, yes. Yes both. to both of those. <laughs> Absolutely. He's yeah. hurt. The, the, he's hurt. How hurt? You know, to what degree? Um, that is the issue at, at uh, that that people need to know. What Jerry and I are, are had talked about early in this program is how does a line go from you know Texas favored by one to Texas favored by six and a half uh, within 24 hours? That Vegas knows something we may not, fellas. That that's what that's what I think. But and look, and here's the thing: even San, let's say Sanders will give it a go Saturday, right? Unless there's something that nobody knows. But even if he does, they've got to call the game different if they want him to survive the whole game. And we've talked about Texas. The thing that concerns me for the Texas defense is quarterbacks who are legitimate run threat. And if that's taken away from Sanders, if they're calling a game to protect him a little bit, I'm not sure he can just beat you with his arm. And I think that's a good thing for Texas if Gundy's forced to call a more conservative game to try to keep Sanders in the game. We'll see what happens. Well, I I don't think he wants to run into Anthony Cook. (laughs) Anthony Cook brought the leather. He he brought it on Saturday. I I wrote this morning on Inside Texas, Jerry, that, that, you know, we've talked about it and bemoaned it and said there aren't any disruptors. Nobody on defense is really making that big play. Anthony Cook made that big play on Saturday. Yes, he did. And all, you know, let's, 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 let's to the middle of the table. Let's give him. Let's give him some credit right now. I think you know sometimes we're talking about the freshmen and the young kids in the program so much we forget about uh, a guy like Anthony Cook. He came into Texas as a highly ranked corner, so he came into college with a corner mindset. I'm going to be an NFL draft pick at corner. Well, that didn't work out for him. So then he makes a transition to a nickel and a safety. But he's also transitioned from a corner mentality. And he's always played the run well, don't get me wrong, to a more physical mindset of a safety. And that play, it kind of was just that. And that kind of defined his what he's had to do to adapt as a player to maximize his potential. And I think he's made big strides in that uh, this season for Texas. And that was a huge play. If Texas goes on to win eight or nine games this year, people are going to look at that play is one of the three or four plays that define the season in a way. I think they have to. I, I, that that play was um, – it was key. I mean, because uh, that Iowa State was going to have – you know, I think it was, it was either going to be second and mid or uh, first and first and ten. I can't remember. But long story short, they were, they were driving pretty easily. It was not a lot of uh, – not a lot of resistance there. There was one third down, but – uh, you know, Texas gave up 75%, I think, on third down or 67% on third down uh, against Iowa State. They have to improve that uh, this weekend. Uh, I want to say thanks to our uh, one last time to our um, uh, sponsor for this show, Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. Uh, when Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, Jerry, I look at it in this whole situation with the Longhorns uh, right now, five and two, probably ahead of where I thought they would be uh, right now somewhat. Uh, I felt like they would lose one or two of these, uh, these early games. Uh, in the first half of the season, I didn't necessarily think it would be Texas Tech in conference that they would slip up to. Uh, that being said, uh, ahead of schedule, in your opinion, overall as a program right now? 
yes. or about where you thought? 100% considering the Quinn Ewers injury, because if Quinn doesn't get hurt, they're six and one or seven and oh. I mean, we can, it's easy to sit there and say seven and oh, but let's just say six and one. Um, so yeah, six and one ranked top 10 in the country. If he doesn't get hurt, that puts you well ahead of schedule. Um, now, I really think the next two games are huge for Sark getting way ahead of schedule at Texas. Um, look, I mean, if he wins Saturday, I think the dam breaks. I mean, I really do. Uh, I, recruiting, uh, team, the confidence. Um, you know, you, you go up to Stillwater and win, and, and you walk out six and two, and suddenly you have a lot of goals back in front of you. Um, you lose Saturday, you're five and three, then you got a little more pressure after that off week headed to Kansas State. Um, you, that almost becomes a must win game in a weird way for you um, to stay in the Big 12 race uh, because that would be two losses, and that's pretty much it. Um, so, Saturday's a huge game for Steve Sarkeesian, uh, for his for the trajectory of the Texas program, how much he's going to ascend this year. Um, uh, but, yeah, considering Quinn Ewer's injury, I think they're way ahead of schedule, uh, honestly. And, look, if Texas was sitting there at 6-1 and one right now, ranked 6 in the country, the the number one discussion on, the, uh, on, on inside Texas would be, is Texas going to make it to the playoff? That would be the number one discussion, especially after USC lost Saturday. Right, now they got a lot. They got some work ahead of them before that happens. I know, but you know what I'm saying, though. If Quinn doesn't yeah. get hurt, that's probably that's what the number one discussion would be. And I'm not yeah. saying they are that team. Obviously, I haven't picked them to be that team. But I, I this is this is just a a, a feel. Uh, I think that Texas probably um, Quinn Ewers probably would have performed better against Iowa State on Saturday if he added another couple games under his belt too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, so look, uh, Longhorns. I, I think they're ahead of schedule. I, what does that look like, though? Does that mean seven and five, eight and four, or does that mean something more? I, I think it's too early to tell. Still, um, I, I do believe, like when we talked about surprises early, Jerry, the offense has some pieces. Right. Period. That that that's clear as day to anybody that that's followed I, Texas. I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say this right now: if Texas splits the next two games. I think they're going eight and four. I think that's how big getting a split the next two is. And if you told me before the season that Texas went five and seven and lost to Kansas at home in ugly fashion and had some really bad losses, if you went eight and four this year, that's the number I've had all year on all these videos because I think in a three-win improvement, it shows where you're headed under Sarkeesian and nobody in the national media and nobody from a negative recruiting standpoint is going to be able to hammer away at you. Then the talk turns positive, really positive, headed into next year. So I think eight and four is a huge number. they got to split the next two games. All right. All right. That's Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com and On3Sports. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us today. We couldn't do it without you guys. We're, we're on our way to 10,000 subscribers on this channel. I think we're at 9,800. Now we just need 200 more. Please subscribe to this channel uh, on Texas Football. Get us over that 10,000 mark uh, this week uh, before we uh, see what we got. I've got uh, also a reminder. I've got the state of the program uh, coming up tomorrow morning with Eric Nalene, publisher of Inside Texas. We go up and down the roster and talk about uh, everything going on uh, behind the scenes. at the hey, hey, Bobby, one thing before we go, um, if we got a couple of minutes. Uh, yep. For the fee people who maybe are tuning into this live feed and they haven't didn't have time, because I don't think people have time to listen to every show, what were your big takeaways from Brian Irwin's lunch with the coach Monday about the Iowa State game? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, it, it it was they've got to do something different on third downs. Okay. Uh, you know, Brian, I, and I'm thinking blitz initially whenever I talked to Brian. Like, how do you get pressure on the quarterback? Um, Brian talked about, well, why don't you just rush three? Um, he goes, because those guys, especially the ones that want to run, they start looking to run a little early. They pat the ball a little bit. And if their first read isn't there, they start patting the ball and then start wanting to run. And then all of a sudden, third and 10, they can't make it because they're, they're, they're running into linebackers, right? Um, and so that was interesting to me. I, the, of all the takeaways, that was probably the, the number one thing for me. Um, and Jerry, I want to ask you this because I, I promised we were going to get to basketball. Okay. Longhorns ranked in the top 
15. Is that right? Number 12 in AP. Yep. Yeah. Um, anything pressing right now in, in basketball land? Yeah, uh, you know, they got three big decisions in recruiting coming up. Uh, On three, consensus five-star Ronald Holland. He's done with the visit process finally. He was at UCLA and Texas and Arkansas. It's going to be one of those three. I think Texas has been trending for a few weeks. A.J. Johnson, the point guard out of L.A., little brother of Jalen Green, on three, consensus five-star. I think think he may be the top NBA prospect in the 23 class in the country, 6'5 point guard. That is, he hasn't even scratched the surface. Uh, I think Texas is a heavy favorite heading into the Louisville visit this weekend. Then Andre Stoyakovic, uh, Peja Stoyakovic's son. He will be a, a five-star at the end of the ranking cycle. But I think Stanford leads Texas small. UCLA's right there. Um, I think that close to home could be a battle that uh, Texas is going to have a tough time winning. Gotcha. All right. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been... Longhorn live stream on Texas football.